is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated Pompey. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. It was uncomfortable, it was harrowing, but the Blues are through to round two of the FA Cup. Morel trying to move it over to the right to Romeo, who just about keeps it in, has got all kinds of space down that touchline. Can he get the delivery right this time? To Hardis, there's the goal! Hardis sweeps it into the back of the net, so much space in the penalty box. It's Portsmouth 1, Harrow Burrell. On tonight's show, we'll hear from Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who looks at the positives from Saturday's victory over Harrow Borough. I think the positives are that we've we've won the game, um, we've kept a clean sheet and that we're in the next round. I'll be bringing in Blake O'Neill and Barry Clements to review all of the action from Saturday's 1-0 victory over Harrow Borough. And we'll also be previewing tomorrow night's visit of the Crystal Palace under-21s in the final group stage fixture of this season's EFL Trophy. And of course, we also want to hear from you back home, the Pompey supporters. Let us know all of your questions, queries, concerns and pre-match score predictions too. It is Monday, it is six o'clock. A very good evening and the warmest of welcome here to Express FM. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along to the show. You join us here for another episode of the Football Hour here on Express FM. And over the next 60 minutes, I'll be joined alongside two more Blue supporters to go over Saturday's FA Cup result and to preview tomorrow night's EFL Trophy group stage fixture. As always, though, Pompey fans tuning in from back home tonight, we would absolutely love to hear from you as well between now and seven o'clock. Despite victory at the weekend, are you even more concerned about the direction this team is heading in? Who would you like to see start tomorrow's trophy match against the Crystal Palace under-21s? And which team would you like to see the Blues come up against in the second round of the FA Cup? Get involved with the conversation and contact us using one of the following usual methods. 81400 is our text number. Be sure to start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Tweet in using at ExpressFM or you can even visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We kick things off here this evening by going back to the events of last time out at Fratton Park, the third of four consecutive matches on home turf before Saturday's league trip to Wickham. Danny Cowley's side went into the FA Cup tie with Harrow Borough off the back of a one-all draw with Cheltenham Town at PO4, which itself followed a 1-0 victory against Bolton Wanderers. On hand to call all of the action of Saturday's first round match, Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's this is you believe it. Pompey Live. Concentration and professionalism. That was what Gavin Bazunu said on Thursday. Was what Pompey needed to ensure they were not victims of an FA Cup giant killing this afternoon. And you have to say, if Pompey come with both of those attributes, given they've gone pretty much full strength, it's really difficult to see any other result That's than a Portsmouth victory. But Guy Whittingham. How challenging is it to ensure that all 11 have those two things that should be standard for every game for, for a matchup like this? And here we go. Portsmouth against Harrow Borough, FA Cup, first round. Forward to Morel, and now there's space for Portsmouth to break forward. And Romeo on the counter-attack into the penalty area. Romeo from a tight angle shoots. It's loose in the box, and Preddy's going to scramble it half away. Morel trying to move it over to the right to Romeo, who just about keeps it in. Has got all kinds of space down that touchline. Can he get the delivery right this time? To Harness! There's the goal! Harness sweeps it into the back of the net. So much space in the penalty box. And Marcus Harness wasn't going to turn down that opportunity from Romeo's cross. 
It's fourth with one. Harrow Burrowney. Oh, a mistake at the back. And Eurington, it's denied by a brilliant sliding challenge from Bazunu and Harrow almost gifted an equaliser yeah. Harness with Pompey outside the box driving into the area to get a shot on goal across the face of goal hits the post and the rebound falls perfectly for Harrow Borough Romeo edge of the penalty area shoots for Portsmouth drills low and Strzovic fumbles it but just grabs the ball before it crosses the line still 1-0 Curtis into the area to hack it can he end it here trying to pull it back Harrow with the sliding challenge Portsmouth get their second quarter he blows the final whistle here at Fratton Park Portsmouth have beaten Harrow Borough by a goal to nil. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live. The highlights there from Saturday afternoon as Pompey limped into round two with a laboured performance against Harrow Borough. Somewhat 82 league positions below the Blues. Let's take a look at some of the notable results from the weekend in the first round of the FA Cup then. There are plenty to get through, so we're not going to read all of them out. Um, let's take a look at some of them though. Boreham Wood, they beat Eastley by two goals to nil. Uh, AFC Wimbledon, they just scraped past Geisley by a goal to nil. Carlisle United defeated Horsham by two goals to nil. Haven to Waterlooville, unfortunately, although going into the break level at nil-nil, were defeated by four goals to nil away to Charlton Athletic. And probably, I say probably, easily, game of the weekend goes to Halifax and Maidenhead United 7-4 at Vachey. 7-4. It was 4-3 at half-time and it ended 7-4 to Halifax. Harrogate beat Wrexham by two goals to one. Hartlepool two, Wickham two. Ipswich, they were held to one or draw. They go to replay against Oldham Athletic. Walsall scraped past Kingsland Town by a goal to nil. Yeovil, high-flying Yeovil beat Yates by five goals to nil. The first ever meeting in the FA Cup between two teams, beginning with the letter Y. Okay, let's bring in my two guests for this evening's conversation, men. And joining us from back home, I'm delighted to say Barry Clements on the other end of the line. Barry, great to have you on, mate. Thanks for having me, Jake. Always good to be here. And uh, sitting just across from me here in the studio at Express FM for the first time ever in the studio, Blake O'Neill. Blake, it's a pleasure to not only hear from you, but see you too. Thanks for having me, Jake. Let's go straight into Saturday then, Barry. We'll also come on to talk about a few of the other results and the names in the, in the hat for the second round draw, which takes place later this evening. Pompey, 1-0 winners over Harrowborough. Your assessment of what was a strange occasion at Fratton Park? It's, di- it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, look, you're in the second round. That's ultimately what you want on paper. But it was a real opportunity for us to build a bit of confidence after a very poor run in the league um, and it's just not something that we did you know it was mainly our it was our essentially our first 11 and we really limped to a result against the team 82 places below us it it really wasn't good enough and it certainly didn't fill me with confidence and I'm sure a lot of Pompey fans are sat there thinking mm-hmm. the exact same thing it was one of those kind of results Blake um, any other competition against any other side you take a 1-0 win you move on and you think right Okay, the performance may not have been there, but we take the win and we, you try and use that to build upon. But I think like Barry said there, you go into an FA Cup tie against a team and you give them all, re- all the respect because the FA Cup is a, a fantastic competition and it is you know renowned for, for, for cup upsets and, and you know the lower league sides performing against the football league teams. But the way that Pompey conducted themselves against a side in the same division as Gosport Borough, a 1-0 win taking the ball into the corner on the 87th minute to try and waste time and and try to prevent the visitors from you know creating another attack it's a little bit embarrassing yeah definitely I mean one thing that summed it up was their long balls there was I don't know what his name was but their number nine their striker was quite fast and Raggett was struggling to deal with him and if you're looking at that if Raggett's struggling to deal with a striker that as you said is playing in Goss Sports League then what's he going to happen when he comes up against people like Florin Canberry or Ross Stewart of Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday who are very, very proven strikers. And if we played any other team in League One, maybe even League Two, in a game like that, we probably wouldn't have got a 1-0. We would have got about a 3-0 to them. 
Yeah. Uh, one cup upset from the weekend. St Albans, they beat Forest Green Rovers on Sunday afternoon, 3-2. Great results for, for St Albans. Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth, they played out a 0-0 draw. They both go to replay, as do Oxford and Bristol Rovers and Bolton and Stockport County, an entertaining 2-0 draw at the University of Bolton Stadium. Rochdale also going to replay with Notts County. So a few potential upsets going to replays there. Um yeah, back to you, Barry. In terms of the overall Pompey performance on Saturday, don't want to be too critical of it because at the end of the day, Pompey are now four games unbeaten in all competitions. It's not the worst stat to have behind you. Are we still growing a bit more concerned with the way that this team is playing, the attitudes of the side, or or have you genuinely seen an improvement, not necessarily on Saturday, but the previous Tuesday against Cheltenham, uh, the previous Saturday against Bolton, Accrington, etc.? Are you seeing slow, steady progression? Do we need to be a little bit more patient? Uh, honestly, no. Um, I think uh, I, I can't really tell you what the game plan is at the moment. I don't really think there's I don't really think there's much quality in the side at the moment. And yeah, all right, it's, it's four games unbeaten, but you're talking Harrow where we've limped through. Bolton was, you know, a very fortunate one 0 win at the end of the day against a side that are really struggling. Cheltenham, I thought we looked very, very poor. Um, the second half, we did improve a little bit. So, no, I don't, I don't think I don't think this is about I don't think this is about patience. I just don't think the, the squad is good enough at the moment, Jake. To be completely honest with you, that's fair enough. Uh, Linda Mail on my email says, "Well, it was a win on Saturday, but performance was not acceptable. If we were playing, no disrespect to Harrow, but a better side, we probably would not have won. We're having too many of these very below par performances this season. We will keep going on about January, but what budget will will we have to turn this poor team around? We." probably need if we can send back some of our loan players who are not up to it and can can we offload some of our contracted players as well who cannot get into this first team play up Pompey uh, Linda Mayo with a very honest but brutal assessment on, on Saturday's performance and yeah Blake kind of pointing out something that Linda mentioned within that email just having too many of these these blow par performances but you can't help but feel that if Pompey were up against a, a slightly better side on Saturday Heck, even a, a National League side, National League South side, having to Waterlooville, for example, they've done very well at Charlton despite the scoreline. Can't help but feel that it would have been a cup upset. Yeah, definitely. There's chances that not only we missed, but they missed as well. I think they got in behind once. Bazzuni obviously did drop one quite close to going over the goal line. The striker, as it, again, that number nine, loved getting behind Raggett. There's a strong defensive performance. But then, again, you've got to look at John Marquis. I know we're talking about maybe them scoring but also Harness he was putting balls across the face of goal and Marquis didn't seem like he was ready to put it in he looked like he was waiting for someone else to do it which again you mentioned other strikers if you have someone like we may have had like even if you go back to Mark McNulty or Brett Pittman he's going to put that in the back of the net and it's going to be three or four but when you've got someone like Marquis there he's, who's not in the best of form he's not confident yes he scored the winner against Bolton but could he have got a couple more definitely could have on Saturday and he's missed chances again to get his confidence up an email from Dave Byrne, uh, quite, a, quite a long-winded one as well, Dave. That's what we like to see. Uh, it says, Hi, Jay. On the show last week, there was talk of the FA Cup match as, as being one where the result was all important and that this was the game we just had to get through. I didn't really agree, and the outcome of the game underlined why. Yeah, absolutely fair enough there, Dave. Uh, he continues by saying, This game was one where the performances was uh, all important. Yes, it was essential to get through to the next round, but by fielding a strong eleven, it simply had to be about playing well and letting the result take care of itself carrying the confidence into forthcoming league one fixtures from a solid professional performance where the shape quality and identity of the side could be seen was in my opinion a prize more important than the victory which would have surely followed anyway unfortunately we yet again missed an opportunity and the scrappy 1-0 victory strangely felt much like a defeat since we saw the departures of Jamal Lowe and Matt Clark the team has slowly deteriorated and become bland predictable and quite frankly boring it won't stop me supporting and attending because I can honestly say that in my experience things have been even worse than they are now, although not often. For me, we have reached a point where this team, uh, where I don't feel any excitement leading up to the next match and I no longer look forward to watching any of the individuals in the team in anticipation of seeing even a moment of football magic. It's just not there at the moment and we all deserve better. Uh, says Dave Byrne on the emails. Thank you, Dave, as ever, for getting in touch with the show tonight. Barry, one of you know Dave's main concerns within that email highlighted the fact that yes, it wasn't necessarily the victory we were looking for on Saturday, albeit I think a defeat might have gone down quite terribly too. But 
you just wanted to see that professionalism come through, the quality of a League One side, despite the form Pompey might be in, despite where we may sit in the League One standings, we should be good enough to be putting away chances against Harrow Borough. You you throw back to last season, Barry, 6-1 over Kingsland Town, and that was at a time where Pompey were, again, struggling in League One, but we got the job done in the FA Cup to avoid that upset. Absolutely. I think all you really want to see when you come up against an opposition like that is, um, you know, professionalism to start with, get a, a fairly decent lead and, and watch the players enjoy themselves. It doesn't seem to me that um, our team's played with a smile on their face since since the start of the season. Really, it's been it, it's been really quite a depressing watch. So absolutely, you just wanted to see them. Um, enjoying themselves and then naturally you know the goals will come against a, an opposition that with all due respect to them aren't at our level yeah and uh, a comment here from uh, Paul O'Neill your dad Blake as we all we all uh, love to see Paul O'Neill says uh, there needs to be investment from the owners in the future as what we've been watching is uh, like park football this season with players who are not fit for the club I will still be there Saturday but this is a poor side and it is so sad to see player Pompey Paul O'Neill on Facebook and you can see you nodding there, Blake. Is that like one of the only times you're ever going to uh, agree with your dad? Yeah, I love to disagree with him, but he's not wrong. You look at our transfer uh, window in the summer. How much did we spend? I think it was quoted in between 150 and 350,000. And all of that was on one player who, yes, is very, very good. That is Joe Morrell. But you're looking at it, we've got three senior centre-backs, one of which is out for a long time now in Clark Robertson, who is our captain. Our midfield is probably the only place where I can say we have enough depth in Aziz, Williams, Tunnicliffe, um, Morell and also Thompson. We've got enough players there. We didn't really get a striker in. You're relying on Hurst and Ahadme as our two backups. Harrison obviously injured. You're looking at Marquis, you're thinking he's not good enough. But who are you going to put up there instead? We've seen a couple of cameos from George Hurst where he's looked lost. Our wingers, we've got Curtis and Harness. Then what? Yes, Jacobs has proved he's maybe a good enough backup on the left, but is Rico still good enough on that right? Yet. It's definitely got time to develop, but you know, you don't really know at the moment. It's going to be a long season, and I think I knew that from the start. But we we hoped, especially after our opening four. Yeah. But it's going to be a while. Blake, thank you. Uh, Barry, thank you. Hold tight, lads. We'll come back to you in just a few moments' time. But after the break, we'll be hearing the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley, who delivers an honest assessment of his side's performance at the weekend. I was disappointed with the second half. I'm never going to dress it up. I'm always going to try to come out here and deal in the truth. I didn't think we played with the intensity, the energy or the the purpose I would expect from one of my teams. The three of us will be back very shortly to wrap up. Looking back to Saturday's 1-0 victory over Harrow Borough, we'll also take a look at the uh, ball numbers for this evening's second round FA Cup draw, which takes place at around about quarter past seven. And we'll also be throwing things ahead to look forward to tomorrow evening evening's tie in the EFL trophy between Pompey and the Crystal Palace under 21s. Do not go anywhere and uh, stay tuned here to Express FM for the continuation of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to part two of this evening's Football Hour here on Express FM. I'm joined tonight by Barry Clements and Blake O'Neill. We're going to continue uh, evaluating Pompey's performance at the weekend. 1-0 victory at home to Harrow Borough in the first round of the FA Cup. We'll come on to the draw numbers in just a few moments' time for tonight's second round draw. Barry, going back to Saturday, two changes in that Pompey lineup. One of those was Miguel Aziz, who was brought off as a substitute in the second half. What did you make of his performance? Um, I thought it was okay. It, he didn't. He didn't necessarily set the world alight. Um, I don't think he did too much wrong. But equally, I don't think he really, he really changed the game all that much. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. I think he does have a spark there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he. I don't think he made that much of an impact. If I'm being honest. Mm. Darren Keane on Twitter has got involved this evening. Says there is something wrong with the team. I just can't see our two strikers scoring at all. We need a striker who will score. Another two centre backs and another winger. But I'm not sure if it will make any difference. Well, we've heard uh, via our colleagues from the Portsmouth News earlier today, actually, Blake, that Danny Cowley's looking to dip into the transfer market in January to to bolster his uh, attacking quartet, if you want to call it that. However, likely to be loans. Yeah. What did you make of that? I mean, if you look at Pompey's, 
I guess, highest performers this season, if you've got any, if you're going to pick any out, Marlon Romeo, Gavin Bazunu, probably two of those you would definitely point yeah. out as, as, as you know, pretty decent performers of the season, especially Gavin Bazunu, but they're both on loan. So as much as I can see the discontent in, in not signing a, a permanent player, if it gets Pompey over the line until the end of the season where we can hopefully start again and rebuild, would a loan be the end of the world? Maybe not. Obviously, the loan market is very hit and miss. You look at so, so we've got some two teams up here. We've got Ipswich, then we'll sum us up. So Ipswich have got two loan players who are two of the best in the league in percent Selina and Macaulay Bon, especially from QPR, who is, I think, the top scorer in the league, or he's one of them. Whereas we've got George Hurst and Gassana Hadme. Yes, it had most good in pre-season, but he's not exactly League One standard, is he? Um, so th- there is definitely potential out there. Maybe a Cowley could bring someone in no one's thought of getting in on loan or no one's thought he's available. But we do we do need a permanent option in the long run, but six months maybe a loan deal just to fill in a gap, even if it is a backup, to just provide Marcus with some proper backup and maybe some wingers on loan, who knows. Uh, going back to your, your stat about Macaulay Bond, you're almost right, uh, right. He's got 11 goals this season. Uh, Michael Smith has 12. So not quite the leading goal not scorer, but, but he's definitely up there. But actually, he has played one game less uh, than both Michael Smith and Carl Stockton. And he's actually got the best stat, uh, which is uh, an average goal per 90 minutes, which is 0.82, which is the which best is of any good. striker in the division. So essentially, he is the top goal scorer, but not. Per minute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, OK, let's take a look at some of the... Uh, well, I'll say some of it. Let's take a look at the, all of the numbers for uh, tonight's second round draw then. Number one is Bradford City or Exeter City. They'll, of course, take part in a replay uh, next week. Mansfield Town, number two. Number three is Sutton United. Number four, Sheffield Wednesday or Plymouth Argyle. Number five is the winner of tonight's tie between Dagenham and Redbridge and Salford City. Number six, Carlisle United. Anyone fancy a trip up to Cumbria? Number seven, Yeovil Town. Number eight, Doncaster Rovers, where, of course, the Blues were held to a 0-0 draw back in August in the league. Number nine is Rotherham United. I don't think anyone wants to go back there this season. Number ten, that is the important one for tonight, Pompey is number ten. Gillingham or Cheltenham Town, they will be number 11. Morecambe are number 12 with Barrow number 13. Another longer way journey if Pompey were to draw number 13. Burton Albion are number 14. Colchester United number 15. The winner of Northampton Town or Cambridge United in the replay will be number 16. And the uh, the cup upset of the weekend, St Albans City number 17. Shrewsbury are number 18. Halifax, of course, recording that 7-4 victory at the Shea on number 19. That would have been an entertaining game, wouldn't it? And uh, the final ball number, Chesterfield, number 20. We'll come on in a few moments to hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley, Barry, but look at the, draw, the, the, the ball numbers for tonight. Pompey, of course, number 10. Look, what kind of tie are you looking for in the next round? Because I know it's a bit... Marmite in terms of the opinion of of how Pompey wants to approach this FA Cup run. Do we just want to get out early and focus on the lead, on the league? Do we actually want to go far and and, and maybe bring a bit of, um, you know, a, a bit of joy to the Pompey fans if this is going to be a long campaign? What what are you hoping for tonight? Well, look, I, personally, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna have a great season in the league. Regardless, I can't see us. I can't see us, you know, making the playoffs if we're playing like we are. So, personally, I would rather have um, a lower league opposition um, and hopefully do what we should have done this weekend and actually um, put some smiles back on faces. And then once you're in the third round, you know, you can get a, a bigger away trip to you know the Emirates or White Hart Lane or somewhere like that. That's gonna that's gonna bring some much needed cash in so that you know we can if we're gonna be self-sustaining then um, let's bring some cash in and and use that to invest Blake I know you're uh, a regular on the away day scene unfortunately (laughs) how do you fancy Barrow or Carlisle away let's not go there that's just what Pompey need right now isn't it let's just let's just we're happy that Sunderland are out I suppose because that's one I don't want to do although Uh, Mansfield isn't close no it's it's not close (laughs) personally I want to see number 35 of Tranmere come out because I'm up with my girlfriend that's that Saturday, so right. not far from there. So if we can get Tramway away, maybe Bolton that tie, something like that. Of course. Do you know what? You just reminded me. Number 35, I only read out 20. Yeah, 20 ties, yeah. 40 teams. I didn't realise this page. This said page one out of two. <laughs> yeah, there's 20 more teams. Print. Yeah, read the small print. Very non-league from myself. 
Rochdale or Knox County, number 21. Kidderminster Harriers, number 22. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, Wigan Athletic or Solihull Moors are number 23. Bournemouth, number 24. Buxton, number 25. Probably one of the lowest ranked teams left in the competition. Ipswich Town or Oldham Athletics, number 26. AFC Wimbledon are number 27. Harrogate Town, they beat Wrexham at the weekend, number 28. Hartlepool United or Wickham Wanderers, number 29. Warsaw and number 30. Swindon are number 31. And you've got the winner of Bolton Wanderers or Stockport County as number 32. Charlton, of course, they beat the Hawks on Saturday afternoon. They're number 33. Oxford United or Bristol Rovers, number 34. Tramby Rovers, as Blake's just quite rightfully mentioned there, and Save My Blushes, number 35. And here's, I think, what we could uh, all do without. Number 36, Leighton Orient. Oh, please, no. Kenny Jackett's Leighton Orient. <laughs> Absolutely not. That'd it, definitely be us out, wouldn't it? Out of all the scenarios this season, Barry, considering the start of a campaign we've had, considering the quite clear divide amongst the fan base at the moment in terms of what's going on on the pitch... What we don't want right now is the potential of Kenny Jacket knocking us out of the FA Cup. That would just be... You could just end the season right there, I think. Look, you've already had Michael Smith and Connor Chaplin scoring against us this season. I can't deal with <laughs> Kenny then knocking us out of the FA Cup. Please, please, no. Number 37, MK Dons or Stevenage. Number 38, Lincoln City. Number 39, uh, Port Vale doing well in League 2 at the moment. And then the final number is uh, number 40, Gateshead or Altrincham. Some interesting ones there. Um, personally, I'd like to see us play Stockport County. I think they, uh, yeah. I think they deserve to be back in the football league sooner rather than later. Hopefully, they do it this season. They've got to get past Bolton in the replay, of course, first of all. But hey, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Stockport County and, and bring in another away day uh, for, for for Pompey fans. Okay, one more email here. Stephen Jerome says, "Good evening, lads. I was happy with the result on Saturday, but not impressed with the performance. We uh, would have been expected to put four or five goals past Harrow, but we just seemed to limp over the line in the end. Credit to them; they did well to actually keep the score down to one nil. And uh, have they taken their chance?" and punished the sloppy back pass in the first half, the result could have been a lot worse. And what was Curtis doing? Trying to keep the ball down near the corner flag with three minutes of the 90 remaining. You do that deep into stoppage time, not the 87th. Yes, a win is a win and we are into the pot for the second round draw, but that performance does not fill me with much confidence going into the next few games, I'm afraid. Things really have got to improve and quickly, says Steve in Southsea. Thank you, Steve, for getting in touch uh, with this evening's show. Okay, then let's uh, move on and hear the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley. He caught up with Ollie Marsh on the touchline at Fratton Park following Saturday's 1-0 victory. Well, Danny, probably not what you'd call a cup classic, but in the second round is the most important thing. Yeah, I think the positives are that we've we've won the game, um, we've kept a clean sheet and that we're in the next round. What could you have done more to make that a more convincing win? I thought first half, um, we got in some really, really good areas. Um, either the, the final decision or final execution let us down um, we then got a goal in front and I was disappointed with the second half I, I'm never going to dress it up I'm always going to try to come out here and deal in the truth I didn't think we played with the intensity the energy or the, or the purpose I would expect from one of my teams How did the players react after that one? Did they want more as well? Well they should do they should do because for us, you know, they're, they're, they're nowhere near the standards that, we, that we, we expect from ourselves. The goal took a while to come, but it was worth waiting for when it did. And it seemed fitting that Marlon Romeo was involved. He was one of the players who, who came up with a lot of credit from that one. Yeah, I thought Marlon got into a lot of good areas. Um, sometimes the final execution could have been better, but certainly we've got in a lot of good areas down the right-hand side. Um, and yeah, it was a good finish from Marcus Harness. How much credit do you have to give to the opposition today as well for, for making it a hard contest? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I thought Harrow Barrow were a credit to themselves, credit to their football club and, and a credit to non-league football. And, um, you know, Steve Steve Baker, the manager, should be really, really proud of his players because I thought they were outstanding. Their effort, um, their energy um, was, was brilliant and, um, yeah, no, full of admiration. And for yourselves, you said that you weren't going to have any squad rotation. You'd, you'd put out a team there to win, and, and that's what you did. It showed in your team selection today. Yeah, we went as strong as we could. Rico had a tight hamstring, um, so we were just put, sort of putting the cotton wool around him, if you like. Um, I didn't really want to use him, but but but, but we did. In, we, we, we needed to just at the end. Um, yeah, as I say, we, we've won the game. Um, we've kept a clean sheet. That's four unbeaten now, but but we need to do much better than that. 
And final question that I have to ask after any cup win, who do you want in the next round? Uh, well, just like a home home game, um, another opportunity to be here and, and, and to try to play better. Thank you, Danny. Pleasure. The post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley there with Ollie Marsh at the weekend. Uh, Danny Cowley wants a home fixture in round two. Barry, is, is that the ideal scenario for Pompey? Uh, I don't. I don't think it really matters to be honest at this stage. Um, home, I think, will probably be slightly more likely to go through, maybe. Um, but I think it all just depends on who the opposition is. Yeah. If we get there, Blake, round number three or round number four, what are the big away days you're looking forward to? Because I know you're going to want an away tie, whether it's against it's United there, yeah. or Chelsea or Liverpool, whoever. Out of those teams, who would you like to see? Well, it's, it's a tough decision always, isn't it? Because that, that, that is ultimately the, the carrot that dangles above, you know, football league teams. Yeah. As much as you can argue about whether, the, you know, these cup competitions are a hindrance and, you know, the league is the aim goal, etc. But you want a big, a big away day at one of these big, 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 big grounds. And Pompey are due one. Definitely. I mean, Vincent Norwich and QPR, whilst they were great. Not quite Liverpool or City, is it? It's Something not quite like Anfield, no. No, but you look at it, if, you, if you're looking at any team you may want in the third or fourth... Shrewsbury got Liverpool two or three years ago, they did, yeah. and they took them to a replay mm-hmm. because Jurgen Klopp famously doesn't like to play his first team in the early rounds, and he famously so, doesn't like to go, uh, attend replays. No, so if we look at it, maybe a tie away at Liverpool yeah. and beat him at Anfield. Beat him at Anfield? Who knows? Oh, your expectations are high, Blake. Well, we got beat I by West Ham. Well, if you, if you don't aim high, then what's exactly. the point? <laughs> Even though this team could probably <laughs> struggle to beat non-league teams. Well. Let's not talk about that. Um, speaking of aiming high, Pompey will be aiming high tomorrow night. They take on the Crystal Palace under-21s at Frasson Park in the final group stage fixture of this season's Papa John's Trophy. It would take quite a monumental swing for Pompey to progress into the knockout stages uh, with AFC Wimbledon needing to be defeated by Sutton tomorrow night and uh, Pompey needing to beat the Crystal Palace under-21s. and a, a bit of a marginal goal swing to, to happen in both matches as well. Pompey have got a minus four goal difference. Wimbledon uh, are evens on zero. So essentially a 3-0 win for Pompey, a 2-0 defeat for Wimbledon and the Blues are through to round, uh, the round of 32, but it's quite unlikely. However, we do still have a match to preview here on the Footblower, probably the most pointless match we'll ever preview in our entire lives. However, we are going to take a bit of a revisit into how Pompey's EFL Trophy campaign has uh, gone so far this season. And we start back at Plough Lane in September. The Blues took around about 800 fans to Wimbledon's new ground for the first round of group stage fixtures of this year's competition. It is a beautiful evening in southwest London. Clear skies, very pleasant temperatures. We could be sat on the Algarve or the Spanish Riviera. Darren Drysdale ready to get us underway in the EFL Trophy here at Plough Lane. And it comes towards the near post. It's flicked on loose. Chance for Wimbledon goal. Paul Calabay has his first senior Wimbledon goal inside a minute. Porter the behind. Wimbledon one, Portsmouth nil. Now there's space them to drive forward into and look towards the side in the penalty area trying to pull it back great chance 2-0 Aaron Presley has his second of the season laid on a plate for him could have missed that from six yards out and while Portsmouth have been a blunt instrument going forward Wimbledon have caused Pompey problems and they lead Portsmouth by two goals to nil Harrison outside the penalty area shot in for net Awala can't keep that one out that goes through him and Ellis Harrison's got his first of the season Portsmouth haven't looked dangerous until first half stoppage time and they now have their goal Wimbledon two Portsmouth one Left-footed in-swing corner to come for Portsmouth. Second of the half. This again is going underneath the crossbar to the far post. Ogilvy nods it back to the six-yard box. And it's headed into the net. And Ellis Harrison has powered home an equaliser. At least a hint of a smile on his face on this occasion. It's Wimbledon 2, Portsmouth 2. Lovely ball, the outside of his right foot to Hackett Fairchild, who breaks into the penalty area. Across the face of goal. Great effort save. Harrison's there for the follow-up. And completes his hat-trick. Ahead of his shot by Awala and there following him was Ellis Harrison who will take home the match ball Portsmouth were two down and Ellis Harrison hat-trick has turned it around it's Wimbledon two Portsmouth three and a penalty kick to Wimbledon uh, you cannot dangle a leg like that when somebody goes past you just can't do it Presley right-footed steps forward strikes it and scores 
Eastwood goes the right way, but he can't get his fingertips to the ball. It's AFC Wimbledon 3, Portsmouth 3. Deep delivery towards the far post, headed into the net! And Wimbledon might have just won it at the death. Will Nightingale on target, ghosting in at the far post. It's AFC Wimbledon 4, Portsmouth 3. Wimbledon could be away here, and there's only the goalkeeper between Presley and the net. Presley bearing down on the penalty area to end it. Great save, Eastwood. Follow-up in the net. Fifth goal for Wimbledon. Game over. Luke McCormack with his second of the season. With just seconds of the four minutes of added time left. As the final whistle goes here at the new Plough Lane. It is a defeat for Portsmouth in the EFL Trophy. They've not lost a group match for some time in this competition, but they've lost this one by five goals to three. Then in match day number two of this season's EFL Trophy group stages, the Blues welcomed Sutton United to Fratton Park on October the 12th. This Sutton side only recently promoted into League Two playing in their first ever EFL Trophy campaign. You wouldn't necessarily put winning and much needed in the same sentence tonight, other than for Portsmouth's EFL Trophy future, because if they were to lose tonight, there is a very high chance that they will head out of the competition. Portsmouth, usual home kit as we're underway down this right-hand side. Carbo with a chance to cross into the near post. Great chance, block, still there for Sutton into the net. They've got the goal that their play has all honesty deserves. Two bites at the cherry there for Isaac Olafay, and he gets his first of the season. And ten minutes into the second half, it's Portsmouth nil, Sutton United one. What are we going to see? delivery-wise here. So we've seen some good ones from Ramsey in the first half. Can he get this one right? Deep towards the far post. It's back across goal. Great chance! And has to be 2-0 it is. And Lewis John gets his first of the season. He had two bites at the cherry again, as with the first goal. It's point-blank range. There's nothing Alex Bass can do. It's sloppy from Pompey. And they're heading to a really, really disappointing defeat here at Fratton Park. It's Portsmouth Dale, Sutton United 2. Pompey managed none on target. Probably sums it up. And the big cheer from down on the touchline comes from the Sun United fans because they've beaten Portsmouth by two goals to nil here at Fratton Park. Well, I'm sorry about that. Not quite fascinating, was it? A reminder of how Pompey's EFL Trophy campaign has gone so far, heading into tomorrow's uh, final group stage fixture with the Crystal Palace under 21s. OK, just under 20 minutes remain for you to get in touch with the show this evening. Pompey fans, let us know your score predictions and line-up expectations for tomorrow's tie. Text your name and message starting with the word express to 81400. Email pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter or you can find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. And join myself, Barry and Blake for be fair and final part of tonight's show in just a few moments. Stick around for the conclusion of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time this evening to the Express FM Football Hour brought to you by myself, Jake Smith, and the company of Barry Clements and Blake O'Neill until 7pm. As discussed earlier in the programme, the Blues secured victory in the FA Cup at the weekend, defeating Harrow Borough by a goal to nil to claim their spot in the hat for tonight's round two draw. We'll come on to remind you once again of the potential opponents towards the end of the show, and I promise I'll read out all 40 of them. However, they have had no such fortune in the trophy this season, losing two from two so far in the group stages, as you heard before the break. To make it through to the knockouts, they would have to beat tomorrow's opponents at Fratton Park and also hope that Sutton United defeat AFC Wimbledon at Gander Green Lane, though they would also have to be that decent goal swing between the both matches as well. Enough of the uh, permutations now, though. Let's take a look at the challenge that lies in wait for Danny Cowley's side tomorrow night. Here is an insight into the Crystal Palace under-21s. This season's EFL Trophy group stages are coming to an end and Pompey have it all to do if they want to progress. The challenge ahead at Fratton Park, the Crystal Palace under-21s. Pompey live, this week's opposition. The Blues have it all to do at PO4 this midweek with elimination from this year's competition just around the corner. Danny Cowley's side have yet to pick up a point so far in this season's group stage, heading into the third and final match day. 
To make it through to the round of 32, they would need to beat the Young Eagles and also hope that Sutton United inflict defeat upon AFC Wimbledon with a sizeable goal swing to boot. Podpick can only do one part of the job though. It is all you need to know about the opponents for this midweek trophy clash. Manager. The Crystal Palace under-21s have this season been led by former Eagles defender Paddy McCarthy in the EFL Trophy. McCarthy's official title at Palace is head coach of the under-18 side. The 38-year-old Irishman, who was born in Dublin, represented the Eagles for eight years from 2008, securing over 140 appearances. Toward the end of his career at Selhurst Park, McCarthy was sent on loan to Sheffield United, Bolton Wanderers and Preston North End before retiring in 2016. He has yet to hold a managerial position outside of academy football. One to watch. Attacking midfielder Malachi Boateng is our pick of a bunch this week. The 19-year-old has so far featured in every minute of the side's EFL Trophy campaign. He has been described as being comfortable on both feet and having the ability to play in both defensive and attacking midfield roles, rated highly by the coaches in South London. In October 2019, Boateng was rewarded by the club with his first professional contract, having received the under 18 player of the season accolade the previous summer. Despite only being 19 years of age, he now regularly runs out for the under-23s and was even named as their player of the season in 2019-20, as well as becoming the only player to feature in every Crystal Palace development fiction last season. Boateng will be the one wearing the number 42 shirt at PO4. Top scorer. This season in the EFL Trophy, Palace have scored just twice, with both goals coming in their previous fixture at AFC Wimbledon. Jezeran Raksaki and Rob Street were on target last time out at Plough Lane. Raksaki is a 19-year-old midfielder who has featured twice this season for the England under-20s, lining up alongside Blues Loney Miguel Aziz on both occasions. Whereas Rob Street is a 20-year-old striker whose only other contributions this term came in pre-season for the Palace first team, racking up 164 minutes in total. Current form. There is no record for the Crystal Palace under-21 side competing in any competition other than the EFL Trophy this season. They currently sit third in the group with three points, losing 3-0 at Sutton in the first round of matches before condemning AFC Wimbledon to a 2-0 defeat at Plough Lane on October 26th. Seeing as many players featuring at Fratton Park for the Eagles this week will have been selected from the under-23 squad, we'll also see how they're doing in their league. After 11 games, they are 7th in the Premier League 2 Division 1 table, winning 5 and losing 6. Slap bang in the middle of the division, which consists of just 14 teams, 9 points above rock bottom Derby and 8 points behind leaders Arsenal. Will the Blues finally pick up some points in this season's EFL Trophy and keep their hopes of progression to the next round alive? Or will it instead be an early exit from the competition? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A look there into tomorrow evening's opposition, the Crystal Palace under-21s. They make this short journey down from South London for the final match in this season's EFL Trophy group stage. Let's bring Barry Clements back into the conversation now, waiting patiently back home. Barry, big, big game tomorrow night. Yeah, it is bigger, bigger than it should be. Um, <laughs> it's 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 weird, isn't it? We're actually looking forward almost to a to a Papa John's Trophy match, but yeah, no, it, we we need a win just to get some confidence and momentum back in the boys because you know it can't it can't go on the way it is. Unlikely, Blake, that Pompey will make it through to the round of thirty-two. There is still a chance, of course. There is still a chance. But what kind of side would you like to see Danny Cowley line up tomorrow night? Because, of course, a strong one on Saturday against Harrow in the FA Cup. Uh, Saturday's, you know, this Saturday's game against Wickham in the league has not been called off. Pompey no. have only received two international call-ups and Wickham have decided not to call it off themselves. Yeah. So, of course, you're expecting a... Well, I'd like to think you're expecting a strong team for, for the Wickham game as well. So, in terms of tomorrow night, fringe players, youth players, a bit of both. Well, it's a difficult call, isn't it? Because... I think Danny said that for Saturday we could be down to just 14 senior players, which is ma- is awful considering we're facing a Wickham team that are in very good form and at the top end. Yes, they lost to Ipswich, but top end of the table. So I don't know if Bazunia and Morella are still with us. They're probably not. If they are, play them. If they're not, then we don't have them. But maybe you give a chance. You play 45 for Aziz, 45 for Thompson. So we still have both of them available for Saturday. Bass is going to start in goal, isn't he, if Bazunu's not there? Yeah. We don't. We only have two yeah. goalkeepers. So then you see a youth team keeper on the bench. 
maybe give Dewitt White a chance. Monoga is available, I think. He's um, available tomorrow night, yeah. Yeah, so he'll yeah. probably come in as he did against Wimbledon. Um, we've, we've got a couple of options. Freeman will probably play because we still have Romeo for Saturday. Brown will probably play because we only have one left back. O'Gilvy and maybe Downing if he's fit because, as Danny said, he's, he's trained today. Might even see Liam Vincent because he's yeah. apparently trained as well. Yeah. Liam so. Vincent, remember him. Yeah, Apparently he plays him. for Pompey. Hopefully Apparently, we can yeah. see him tomorrow night. Um, Barry, I think one of the, the biggest concerns from Pompey fans at this minute is, you know, through recent matches in the EFL Trophy, um, you know, we, we've seen Danny Cowley name a, a pretty strong strong lineup against uh, Wimbledon, against Sutton United, and if we're being completely honest, the, the players that have been handed the opportunities in these matches have haven't taken them. We, we've not been entirely convinced that. The players that are knocking on the door for the first team, supposedly, the fringe players that are you know, waiting in the wings, ready to be called upon, there's not really any belief that they're actually, if we're being honest, good enough to actually be a regular you know, starter f- f- for Pompey. So going into tomorrow night on paper, we do expect a strong team despite the changes, but really, are we entirely confident that we're going to beat the Crystal Palace under-21s? No, not at all. I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, when we've when we brought these fringe players in, you'd expect them to, you'd expect them to take their opportunity and and use it to show the manager, look, you know, if we're not if we're not playing well in the league, I absolutely need to be starting on 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 Saturday. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not confident based on based on the last two fixtures, but they have to they have to grasp this opportunity with both hands because mm. otherwise, you know, they they're, they're just going to be players that we're looking to get rid of eventually. Yeah, uh, got a couple more messages to read out before we do leave you in a few moments' time. Darren Keane, uh, back involved with the conversation on Twitter, who says Hurst and Hadley haven't really done much for me to see them stay in the second half of the season. Darren Keane, uh, before it's of him on Twitter there. Graham Wilkins on the emails, who says, Hi Jake, hopefully Danny Cowley will take this chance to play a young Pompey squad tomorrow night against Crystal Palace. It doesn't matter if we lose, but it would be good for the youngsters to get some game time. Also, Minoga will probably get another chance, but he has to be careful with his rash tackles as he didn't exactly come out of the FA Cup tie on Saturday with any glory with his red card but I expect the fringe players will be on show and we will see what they are made of going for a 2-0 loss hope I'm wrong but not too optimistic Graham Wilkins on the emails highlighting Hadji Minoga, a player you mentioned a few moments ago, Blake, uh, being available for Pompey tomorrow night. Of course, the, the terms in his loan deal to Bromley do indicate that he can be recalled for these EFL trophy fixtures, as we quite often see when Pompey loan out a few youngsters to, you know, like Bogner Regis and Gosport Town. They, they come back and they play in these trophy matches. Hadji Minoga sent off at yeah. Rotherham on Saturday. And again, if we're being completely honest, the right decision. It was an awful tackle. Yeah, I've seen it. And he. He just jumps over the ball two foot straight into the shins of the man he was tackling. I don't think he got up for a solid two or three minutes afterwards. But Monaga's always been like that. Yes, he's a very talented young player, and I won't deny that. He's definitely got a card or two in him. Some of the challenges he throws in are a bit reckless. Huge potential has Hadji Minoga Barry. I was quite surprised that he actually um, went out on loan to Bromley this season as opposed to maybe a League Two side. But I think Blake, again, has hit the nail on the head there. Great player, great potential. We can adopt that right wing back position or right back position very, very well. He likes to get forward. He can track back and you know come and help with defence if need be when you know hit on the counter attack. He's got a future, hopefully at this football club as well. But he needs to sort out that that side of his game where he goes into these brass challenges. And, and does that come down to inexperience? Does that come out down to adrenaline for a young player? You know, getting involved in these matches. I think it's probably a mixture of the two. You know, the inexperience will put him in positions where, you know, he he, he has no option but to make a foul. Um, but also, it, it it can be a rush of blood to the head, kind of. We all know at that sort of age. But you're quite right; he has got the potential there. Um, I'd be interested to know how often he trains with with Pompey, because we know these loans. You know, a lot of young players will still train with their with their parent clubs. So I'd be interested to know just how much um, input Danny Cowley, Danny and Nicky are having in his in his development, um, because I do think he has got a future at this football club particularly with Romeo being on loan I think in the next couple of seasons we will see, see Hadji start to start to nail down that right back position or at least I hope so OK let's take another look at the uh, FA Cup second round draw ball numbers I'll read out all 40 of them now the draw coming up at around about 20 minutes time uh, on uh, BBC I believe it is after the game they've put it on after, after the game oh yeah. wow they've, they've changed it even later 
Oh, okay, uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, number one, Bradford City. Have a good time with this FA Cup, Joe. Do, do you know what? They've changed it all this season. I don't like it. I don't it's like not change. Good, not good. I don't like change. <laughs> number one, Bradford City or Exeter. Number two, Mansfield Town. Number three, Sutton United. Number four, Sheffield Wednesday or Plymouth. Five, Dagenham or Redbridge uh, or Salford City. Number six, Carlisle. Number seven, Yeovil. Doncaster at eight. Rotherham nine. Pompey number ten. Gillingham or Cheltenham number eleven. Morecambe at twelve. Barrow at thirteen. Number fourteen is Burton Albion. Number fifteen. Colchester United, number 16, Northampton Town or Cambridge, 17, St Albans City, 18, Shrewsbury, 19, Halifax and 20, Chesterfield, 21, Rochdale or Notts County, 22 is Kidderminster Harriers, 23 is Wigan Athletic or Solihull Moors, 24, Boreham Wood, Buxton are number 25, Ipswich Town or Oldham Athletic are number 26, Wimbledon, number 27, 28 sees Harrogate Town, number 29 is the winner of Hartlepool and Wickham Wanderers, number 30 is Walsall, Swindon Town are 31, Bolton or Stockport are number 32, Charlton, they beat the Hawks at the weekend, number 33, Oxford or Bristol Rovers will take number 34, Tranmere Rovers, who Blake wants, number 35, Leighton Orient, Kenny Jackets, Leighton Orient, number 36, you don't want that one, MK Dons or Stevenage, number 37, Lincoln are number 38, Port Vale, number 39, Gateshead or Altrincham are number 40. Right, score predictions, Blake O'Neill, Pompey, Crystal Palace under 21s, very quickly, what are you going for? Oh, let's just go for it, 4-0. 4-0 written all over it. Why not? Why not? Barry, what, what do you reckon, mate? 2-0. Uh, 2-0. OK, then. I'm going to go for 3-0. Slap bang in the middle. Blake, great to have you on the show this evening, mate. Have a great week and uh, enjoy tomorrow's game. Thank you for having me, Jake, and I'm sure I won't. <laughs> Likewise to Barry Clements. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on, on, on the show this evening, mate. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I'm afraid that is all from us here on the Football Hour, but I will be back at Fratton Park tomorrow night to bring you all of the action from the Blues EFL Trophy group stage finale. The Young Eagles standing away of Pompey and the round of 32. This time tomorrow, Ryan and Henry will be sitting alongside me, settling down to deliver full coverage of the game right here on Express FM. Join us for another instalment of Pompey Live. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. Fourth with a bound away yet again. This is... You wouldn't believe it! Live. Pompey are through to the next round of the FA Cup after a 1-0 win over Harrow Borough at the weekend. Up next, more cup action. Crystal Palace under-21s are visitors to Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday night from 7. It's Pompey against the Crystal Palace under-21s and all of the action will be right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Join us from 7 o'clock tomorrow night to find out if the Blues can pull off the seemingly impossible and advance through to the knockout stages of the EFL Trophy. Right, on the way to see out the rest of the evening here on Express, we have Jeff and Adrian following the news at 7 with a soft rock show. Be sure to stick around as they play some retro tracks from this week in music history, including Robbie Williams and the Velvet Underground. They'll also be playing the legendary Monday Night Quiz. And then from 9 o'clock, Kevin Stokes is rewinding us back to the 1980s. Vanity Show will be here until 11, which is when the Express wind-down kicks in with nothing but the most relaxing songs all through the night. Nicola Lashley is back bright and early from half six tomorrow morning with Express Breakfast. Be sure to join Nick for great songs, travel updates, the latest news and sport bulletins and, of course, the Express Rewind as well. Ian James will be returning from one tomorrow afternoon with the Lyric Line and staying on from two through till four with the Victory Years, playing the best hits from the 70s, 80s and the 90s before handing over to Mason Jordan for the local music show at six. And then, of course, it'll be time for Pompey Life for another Another match day here on Express FM. Tune in from 7pm tomorrow for full build-up and live commentary of Pompey's EFL Trophy group stage clash with the Crystal Palace under-21s. But until then, Blues fans, enjoy the rest of your evening and have yourselves a great week as well. Thank you for listening and good night.